0: It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Friday, February seventeenth. Your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content. That was this close to thinking it was maybe the worst game of the season. I think it's
1: maybe the one of the worst hockey games I've watched in a long time.
0: We are going to recap that game against the Kraken. We're going to preview the matchup against the Canucks and take a little turn around the NHL and catch up with what's been going on around the league all on today's show.
1: You're Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast
0: Network, your team every day. there i'm rachel donner you can find me on twitter at rmiriam. i'm here as always with russ cohen who's on twitter at sportsology thanks for making us your first listen every day you can follow the show on twitter at locked on flyers that is where you'll keep up to date with all of the flyers news and our episodes you can also email the show at locked on flyers at gmail Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. Locked On Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you happen to listen to podcasts. Subscribe and you'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube, so subscribe there as well russman 62 lost to the kraken and i feel like pretty much everything went wrong in that game except obviously for travis connect finally getting some goals
1: yeah he, he finally got his goals but in between the first and the second goals even he had another turnover it's like this we we talked about um lack of speed on this team compared to some other teams and it was so obvious in this game and you know they had two days to practice for it you know Travis Connecty said they let we just we knew they were fast and we just let them do their thing and you know you start the game off with that Kevin Hayes on the power play just lazily carrying the puck in and Jaron McCann just took it and said thanks and went the other way got a shorthanded goal and it just got worse after that can't blame Carter Hart this is this is a game where the Flyers just didn't skate. And, and this is why this team needs to be uh, much, much faster next year. It doesn't matter if you're 25 and under. It matters if you're fast and they're not fast.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> that part of it was pretty obvious throughout the game. And the other thing that was kind of interesting was that if you look at the stats for the game at five on five, Flyers actually had better quality shots overall Mm. throughout the game, even though they had very few of them (laughs) Nineteen, in total. They were actually pretty quality shots. I thought Grubauer actually had a a pretty good game himself, even though he didn't face a ton of action against the Flyers in this one. But, um, you know, it was a little deceiving, like when you look at the underlying numbers there. But, you know, you watch that game and you're like,
1: Yeah, it didn't matter no
0: it it didn't matter one bit and it really puts the flyers in a a not great situation having lost seven of their last nine games and you know we've been talking about this kind of precarious tightrope here between wanting to win some games to get confidence and to make sure that the team is headed in the right direction for the future but at the same time not getting too far out of the lottery but i feel like this is a little bit too much on the side of we're losing too much and then things start to get overwhelmingly negative
1: yeah well i mean honestly this is a point in the season where the the gm should pull the plug and and pull off whatever trades might be out there and this is the game like this is the one you look at and you say okay i get it we're just not good enough we need to start you know looking for next year and it's going to start now and and that's what the gm should do i don't know if he will uh i don't have much confidence in that but i'm just saying that's like this is the time you look at this game and you're like they just can't compete with the faster teams so what are we doing here like let's you know and again some of the things that could change that is if you bring up some of the younger faster guys like that could help that it may not help in turnovers and things like that early on and that's where the coach is going to have to grit his teeth but if you face teams like this that you just can't keep up with it's going to be more frustrating than what I'm talking about
0: yeah and you know we saw that uh, they scratched Ollie Lixell and had bellows of course because that just makes sense yeah I'm not saying it would have made all the difference in the world for this game but I think it would have made a slight difference especially once the game got out of hand and they decided to do the line blender thing right you know having a guy like lixel who could play in different situations then you know i don't think Kiefer bellows is as strong in in certain situations especially in a come from behind yeah kind of game like I, I just question that decision entirely. Um, they want it, it to it, be
1: bigger. I don't know why you're facing yeah. uh, you're you're facing a faster team.
0: I don't know why. You want somebody who's smarter yeah. out there. Yeah, and so you know, it's just indicative of the. I think the incorrect thought process more so than what the outcome might have been. You know, given that, but. Yeah, it just goes to show you that in a game like this, when you try to adu- adjust and you try to make some wholesale changes, this team just isn't good enough as is. And and that circles back to your point of it's time, it's time to start making those deals.
1: It is. And, you know, at the end of the game, uh, again, you had more nonsense uh, after the whistle and Scott Lawton got tagged and uh, he looked dazed. I mean, I'm a little worried about him playing next game. He looked very dazed out there. And, and all of that could, like, why did any of that take place? Why?
0: No, and like that fight in the first period did absolutely oh, yeah. nothing. Yeah, Zero. And like Seattle scored soon after the fight. So how did that help? Yeah.
1: And I'm just talking, you know, again, I get Donato had his gloves on. That's bad. They probably should have kicked him out of the game. They didn't. They just separated everybody. But Lawton looked dazed there. And it's just... You know, again, and and then, of course, you know, the Flyers want to get at Seattle. And it's like, guys, I I mean, I get it. You do want to stick up for your teammates. It's not worth it. Just the whole sequence there. You may have just lost another player. Like, honestly, Zach McEwen's out. Um, You may have just lost somebody else, too. So it's like, you know, I get you want to stick up for teammates and be tougher and everything else, but pick the times. Uh,
0: You know, not to pile on, but special teams was also... A disaster oh, yeah. in this one. Now, you know the Flyers only had one power play in the game, but they gave up a short-handed goal. Yeah. In it, well, like I say, Kevin and... Hayes was
1: carrying the puck like like he had mm-hmm. no cares in the world. Like, well, what we what was he doing?
0: Yeah, and like on the other side, you know, Seattle had two power play goals in yeah. that game. You know, and the penalty kill, which is normally in pretty good shape, it just wasn't quite there and. You know again i i don't blame carter hart on this one either um or samerson for that matter um you know the if you look at the maddie or felix
1: sandstrom for being dragged on this trip
0: well that too um if you look at that Matty veneers goal in the third period i mean that was a brutal defensive breakdown that had nothing to do with goaltending and especially when you're looking for a third period like that to just try and calm things down and set yourself up for a positive game like the next go around that's not the kind of goal that you want to give up
1: no no anybody who was you know on the schneid so to speak for seattle got goals you know gord got his yep. goals Beniers got all you know off his goal of streak it was a good game for that uh yeah you know flyers had across two, the
0: board i guess right across
1: the board to connect the too but the flyers honestly for two days off just embarrassing
0: yeah i would say so well hopefully we can find some silver linings against the canucks and we are going to talk about that matchup coming up next
1: looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories then you gotta try a built bar I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. If you're like me, where you want to eat healthier but don't want the compromised taste, then man, I've got just the thing for you. You got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. And what makes Built bars so good? Well, for starters, they are all covered in 100% real chocolate and they come in unbelievably delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie and coconut almond. And what's even better is they're healthy, only 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right, head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a, bo- a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later.
0: All right, Russ. So up next is the Vancouver Canucks. And it has been a while since we saw them. It was way back at the beginning of the season, October 15th. The Flyers won that one 3-2. to two, And that's where we saw maybe the beginnings of the Flyers' power kill. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott Lawton had a shorty in that one. Uh, There was a pretty significant fight between DeLorea and Burrows that I think DeLorea got the edge in that fight. And uh, the Flyers came back twice from being a goal down. And those were in sort of the early uh, don't get too comfortable phases of the season where the Flyers were winning games maybe they shouldn't have and Carter Hart was playing really well. Uh, That was certainly uh, one of those games. But in between then and now, the Canucks have been on quite a roller coaster. Oh, yeah. I would say this was supposed to be a season ostensibly where they took a step forward, you know, they weren't going to be an elite team. but This was a year that maybe the Canucks were going to be better and we're going to fight for a playoff spot out in the Pacific. And, That has not come to pass in any way, shape or form. Um, We went through what was perhaps one of the most difficult firings uh, I've seen in a very long time for the head coach in Bruce Boudreaux. And, you know, you could see that he was doing everything that he could to try and get his team out of it. And he is so well respected. And the whole thing was just this horrible, depressing You know death march yeah i had this great
1: interview with him too at last year's draft i mean he's just such a good guy i just felt horrible like i did i i felt legit horrible everybody did but i gotta tell you some things have changed there um with rick Tockett, and they have now a first line of anthony bovillier elias peterson and andre kuzmenko and kuzmenko i'm not sure was as hot as he is now when he played the flyers and certainly bovillier wasn't there and bovillier is Doing well with Vancouver, like I predicted when the Islanders traded him. And so you have to watch out for them. You have to watch out for Quinn Hughes. And then, you know, you still have some really good lines. You got, you know, JT Miller with with Connor Garland. You still have Pod Colson with uh, Studnika and Besser. Like they're they're gonna play a, a much different game now with Tocket than they did before with Bruce. And it's not so much that they're playing tougher either. He's looking for combinations and I think he's finding them. And so, again, I think speed's going to be a factor. And Quinn Hughes is really a guy that you can't let have a lot of space coming up the ice. If you do, you're in big, big trouble.
0: Yeah, it it has been an interesting stretch since Rick Tockett took over. You're right. It's a much different style. But, you know, so far with Tockett trying to find his footing there and work out those combinations, like you said, They're three, five, and one since his hiring. So, you know, obviously didn't get a honeymoon bump there at all because of how this team has been struggling. Uh, In in fact, both the Flyers and the Canucks have had seven points in that same stretch. Uh, Flyers are two, three, and three since then. So kind of (laughs) similar there, but Bruce Brzeau's Canucks was 31st in the NHL in defensive stats, right? And since Rick Tocket took over, again, only nine games played. So it's not a huge sample size, but still now they are the league worst defensive team, allowing an average of 4.56 goals per game. So, you know, while again, to be fair, still working some things out there, there are some opportunities offensively for the Flyers here. And we have seen the Flyers you know, capable of scoring that many goals. Sure. I
1: mean, this team will definitely give up goals. They don't have Thatcher Demko back in net, I don't believe. So I think it's looking at Spencer Martin.
0: Not as of what we know Right. So
1: you're probably looking at Spencer Martin, and he's okay. Uh, You know, he's not the answer. So there's definitely going to be issues. Uh, But uh, I'm looking at, I'm counting. It looks like Canucks are about 12th in the league in the power play just ahead of the Rangers and that's what you have to watch out for. You don't want Peterson and Hughes and Kuzma. You don't want these guys on the power play against you because if you get given two or three power plays, you're you're gonna be asking for trouble. Even as good as the Flyers penalty kill has been at times. So again, this is another game where they have to just stay away from uh dumb penalties and and hopefully that is the message because you know Vancouver's scoring three point three one goals per game. So they're scoring goals.
0: Right. And I I think this is a, a case where, you know, if flyers goaltending, whoever they decide to put in for this one can can step up even just a hair and stop some of that and the flyers can take advantage of holes in the canucks defense they should be in a good position for this game it's just a matter of whether they can put all of that together because again like you mentioned the goaltending for the canucks has been a problem Mm -hmm. you know like i said we don't know if demco will be back or available yet um in their last game against the rangers which they lost six to four they had uh arthur silov's played his first nhl game and there was like no defense in front of him that game like you cannot blame the loss on him at all uh but also they did score four goals (laughs) They did score four. That's, that's true. And that's exactly what I'm talking about here is a six to four loss is the kind of game that maybe the Flyers are going to end up having to play again, depending on who's right.
1: No, it's a great point. And, and so, yeah. And, and right now, you know, that Ranger first line is really clicking since they got Tarasenko. So the fact that they scored six, we don't expect the Flyers to score six, but they certainly could score three. Uh, can they hold the Canucks yeah, to three or four? That's the question. Yeah. Four might be the answer in this game. Whoever gets four.
0: Yeah. Well, the other thing too is that again we don't have, uh, updates as of now on what's happening injury wise, but in that Rangers game, Oliver Ekman Larson was hurt as was Curtis Lazar. And so I think that, you know, that'll be a huge factor. I think between the, especially Lazar, yeah,
1: Ekman Larson's kind of cooked a little bit. So
0: yeah. But Lazar is a good
1: player. He is, he's a penalty killer. He's a guy. So you're right. That's, that's one of those little niche players that that can really, uh, you know, they could miss.
0: Yeah. So as of post game the other night, uh, according to the Canucks, that injury was minor. So there's a much better chance of him coming back than Ekman Larson. But again, we'll see how that affects what the Canucks can even put together, you know, from a, an offensive perspective, especially with Lazar, like you said, having such a prominent role, um, you know, in, in terms of the penalty kill for the Canucks. I'll
1: tell you one thing, though. Um, If the Flyers have trouble setting up on defense and they're just a second slow, Quinn Hughes is going to rip them apart like he just will. He'll make these long passes from far away and catch guys in motion. And, you know, so they're going to have to really be, uh, they're going to have to play one of their better defensive games just to kind of keep the score down.
0: Yeah. One of the other interesting factors is Luke Shen, who has been a big part of their second pairing and uh obviously we know him pretty well in flyers land but mm-hmm. he is definitely on the trading block oh, yeah. for the canucks and so whether or not you know he gets traded now versus closer to the actual deadline we don't know but uh he has been one of the biggest and i say biggest names because this trade deadline has been pretty slow but in terms of Names that has been talked about as being the most imminent in terms of a mm-hmm. potential trade, Luke Shen has been, you know, his name has been thrown around a lot. Yeah,
1: and he's physical, and he's going to be physical in this game. So that's something else where, you know, Flyers are going to have to keep their head up because there's going to be uh, a lot of scouts in attendance, and there he is going to probably try and show right. them uh, why they need him. So yeah, that's that that is something else to look for. And again, the Flyers, um, you hope they don't have any rust. But they certainly could. They've been practicing. You know, I saw pictures of um Carter Hart with his Billet family and all that good stuff. All that's great. But yeah. now when you hit the ice, let's see what you got, guys. You've had practice time. Uh it's not like you just got to the West Coast and you didn't have, you know, any time to settle.
0: No, we've already had the game against Seattle. And you so. already had
1: the game against Seattle. Yep
0: so all right well there will be a lot of scouts in the press box for this one with both teams being potential sellers and in addition to the trade deadline there's a bunch of stuff going on around the nhl right now we haven't really talked about other nhl news and how that impacts the flyers and so we're going to do that coming up next All right, Russ. So we were just talking about the trade deadline a little bit with Luke Shen and the Canucks. And of course, there will be a ton of scouts at that game, I would guess, uh, just because of all the potential uh, trades that could happen with the Flyers and Canucks. But man, it has been kind of a dull trade deadline season so far. Uh, We just have the Bo Horvat trade and the Tarasenko trade, but... I, I do think that, yes, it is early, but also the cap situation is having a huge impact on what is usually a much more active season.
1: Yeah, it's going to have an impact, but there, there's still going to be a lot of moves late. No question about that. Um, more guys will hit LTIR. Uh, oh. More few of those questionable moves will happen when you say, how did they do that cap wise? Maybe the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning will do that again. I think we'll see some of that. But right now I think teams are sort of gearing up for that and trying to figure out how many, if they can get a third team on the deal and all of those things. So, yeah, uh, I think it's going to heat up.
0: So the other interesting thing that has been happening is a more deliberate benching of players ahead of the trade deadline where we've had Jacob Chikorin and Vladisov, uh, Gavrikov in Columbus. Being held when there isn't really a trade imminent, right? It's just out of precaution and it's much earlier. Like we've seen that as we approach the trade deadline for the day or two beforehand, right? And that has made sense, but this is a little bit early on that front. And I'm just wondering what you think in terms of, you know, sort of preemptive pulling of players for, you know, protecting the merchandise reasons.
1: Yeah. Well, for these two, uh, as Gavrikov goes, look, Jarmo Kekulainen lost Gustav Nyquist. He says he might be back by the deadline, but if he's not, that's a lost asset because he was definitely going to get traded. So now maybe he trades him at the uh, draft for like a fourth or a fifth round pick, which, you know, he could have gotten maybe a second or a third. So so that's that's a little bit of a loss. And then also um, when you're talking about Chikorin, like he's never played more than 62, 63 games in his entire career. He's always had injury problems. So I would sit him too, because he is the guy that's likeliest to get hurt while all these discussions are going on. And it really doesn't matter what Arizona does, honestly.
0: Yeah. I mean, I could see that. It, it's just, it, it does feel like strikingly early. I know. Relative to the actual I know, trade but this is
1: how badly, you know, again, with Chikrin, like, They need to, the the Arizona Coyotes need to not only get a great return, but that's got to sort of feed their future. And if not, if Chicken were to get hurt and they got nothing, yeah, they don't have to trade him this year. But right now is probably the best time because he's having a decent year. Uh, So, you know, again, you're starting off from scratch if if it's not. So I just think the time is right for him. And uh, I don't blame either team. I'm not mad and they're being open about it. And at least fans know and, and know who's in there and who isn't.
0: That is true. Yeah, there's nobody on the Flyers who's injury-prone who is also on the trading block, so I wouldn't anticipate no. any of that
1: happening. I mean, look, they could they could do it for Konechny, Provorov, or Sandheim or or even um, Risto, you know, day or two before if if there is right. heavy discussions and the team says, while we're talking, pull them out. You know, yeah, we could see that. Uh,
0: switching gears entirely, the NHL Players Association officially has their new – Uh, Director in Marty Walsh, who is uh, coming from the government as Secretary of Labor, which is a fascinating transition to me. Uh, You know, obviously heavily involved in the labor movement gets you the Secretary of Labor job. But there have been questions because he has done some work uh, related to jeremy jacobs in in the bruins and is he really on the labor side of things in the nhl
1: well you know you're talking about that fundraiser at td garden and money that went yeah. through the campaign you, you're really worried about that rachel come on what are you worried about no i mean look it's a legit concern and yeah whether it was vetted or not or they just decided it was nothing we'll see uh but facts are facts i mean it did happen and now we'll kind of wait and see as far as being like the labor secretary Look, it's always a, a muddy path because some people will say, oh, the economy stinks. There's no money, whatever. And then they'll be like, look, there's more jobs. And I do believe there's more jobs. But I also do believe there's more lousy jobs. I do believe there's more jobs without benefits. So it's always hard to read those things. And I don't know what he's going to really take credit for or not. So for this league, he he really needs to be uh, versed uh, on sports and versed in players salaries and those kinds of things for all sports and so labor is a part of it but not all of it and so i feel like he's going to have some things to learn and definitely learn about hockey and so you know that's where i think they're going to miss donald fear because donald fear coming from baseball at least was in a sport Uh, he got up to speed pretty quickly with hockey and I still feel like he did a good job for the players and I don't think they're hurting for money. And I also think he solved the hockey related revenue problem with the league, which was always an issue and, and a few other things. So we'll see, we'll see if, uh, it's a big shoes to fill actually.
0: Yeah, it really is. And I think, you know, from the flyers perspective, I know, uh, JVR was on the main committee that was part of the hiring process of this in the PA and he's been, I think, the Flyers main rep with the union yeah. for a while. And so I I worry honestly when he gets traded uh, about the Flyers, you know, who who's next in line for representing the Flyers. In the
1: old days, sometimes owners would trade the union rep if that guy was like yeah. saying things they didn't like in the locker room many, many years it's ago. True. But it's not the case now
0: no it is not but you know he's been a pretty strong advocate for the flyers and taken a leadership role in the players union yes. so um i hope whoever would be next assuming jbr gets traded maybe he doesn't he's but getting if traded. he does well, I mean,
1: unless there's just, they're gonna try they're gonna they, right. try they're gonna we try like that. heck um whether there's you know enough money and cap space to go around that is a possibility you're right
0: right but the upshot is i hope the flyers have really good representation uh, when he is no longer with the yeah team, i don't know who would take uh, over as far as union i really don't know yeah um and then you know we have the stadium series game in carolina this weekend which i feel like has been getting no attention whatsoever. really
1: nothing and i feel bad about that i i yeah I, if nothing else i wish the media would push it a little more uh the league is certainly you know running commercials and such i i feel like um i've seen a few posts but not enough
0: yeah the, the unfortunate part of it is that alexander ovechkin won't be there right. uh, because he's back in russia dealing with the death of his father right. which is you know it's horrible that it he's had a you know this family situation to deal with but you know Ovi would have been like the big oh yeah draw you know and when they revealed the jerseys it was a picture of Ovi and the caps jersey so um you know that timing gets unfortunate on both counts <laughs> like obviously you know, having a parent die is, is not the thing that you want to have happen. No, but,
1: but I think this could be a good game. And, and certainly uh, mm-hmm. the two points are important. Both teams uh, need them for different reasons. They're both, on. Uh, um, you know, Washington really can't afford to to lose any games. And Carolina would like to still keep moving up uh, and try and get the top spot in the uh, Metro. So I, I'm looking for a good game. I am. Uh, I think the weather will be good. And I don't think it will be bad for, for the ice. And I think the fans will be great. Like fans have been waiting for this in Carolina.
0: They really have. So that's why I wanted to mention it just because it it hasn't uh, been getting enough attention and then finally. Uh, Tonight, we could be seeing Connor McDavid's 100th point of the season against the Rangers. He's got 42 goals, 57 assists in 55 games played so far. Man, he is on pace for 62 goals. There is a legit possibility that he could hit 150 points this season, and that is madness.
1: Yeah, I guess he's just trying to show up, but I don't think he'll hit 150. Um, <laughs> I,
0: I don't know, but maybe
1: 140? And 130 is, is what I figure. Positive. I think 130. Okay. But still, okay. I mean, anytime you break 100, it's unbelievable. And the fact that he's yeah, doing to do it, it
0: six times in yeah. a career. No,
1: I mean, he, he is on his, on his own island as far as greatness, and the only thing he needs is postseason greatness, and, you know, he's, I feel like he's getting closer with that, but No, 100 points against the Rangers, it makes sense.
0: All right, Uh, that'll do it for today's show. Of course, we will be back Monday. We're gonna recap the game against the Canucks. We've got the Flames in a slightly earlier than West Coast time game, because in the States, it's President's Day. And uh, we will have our nemesis of the week as a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So if you've got questions or thoughts about the flyers, you can tweet us at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at Lockdown at Gmail, or you can comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at R Miriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M.
1: I'm Russum I'm at sports sportsology S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y.
0: Have a great weekend, everyone.